everyone, and welcome to Ring of Tyranny. I am your host, Alan Johns, and you are listening to the only hashtag WrestleCast. In the hashtag WrestleCast Nation, hosted by an ex-truth teller such as myself, we welcome you to the show. Good morning. We welcome you with open arms, whether this is your first time joining us or your 97th time joining us. Welcome, welcome. Uh, this is going to be another edition, another Another one for the files, uh, an opening, a new file in the Chicago PD files, 0706. And uh, we are reviewing the episode that we watched last night. Again, I apologize for not being able to cover what we normally cover on this on this hashtag WrestleCast for missing AEW Dynamite. Hopefully there's going to be a, repl- a, re- a replay of AEW Dynamite tonight. Uh, it is Friday, October, oh, excuse me, November 1st, 2019, and, uh, yeah, we, we, we watched, uh, we watched the Chicago PD on Hulu last night, it loaded from, from Wednesday night, uh, decent episode, uh, not, but still a mystery, it's a foggy mystery where all this, where this is headed, uh, you know, you got, I think you, the first thing's, you have a broken, a broken uh, leader in Hank Voigt, uh, the chief of uh, the intelligence squad that Chicago PD is is centered centered around. Uh, you have a broken leader there. Uh, it, 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 it kind of, kind of like wrestling. He seems to be neither a strict bad guy or a good guy. He's kind of a gray guy. He's somewhere in the gray. And we're going to be talking to you about that. Uh, we we have. I hope you enjoyed our. Our baseball files uh, the past couple days. Um, you know we're not we're not we're not, not we don't normally cover baseball, but but well, if you if you need a little back back history on this show, and if you want a complete back history or more of a back history, or maybe more of me explaining the back. And just go ahead and listen to the 40 or so episodes that constitute season one of this show, the 11 or 12 episodes that constitute season two of this show, and the, uh, the where are we at? 18 or 19 episodes that now constitute season three of this show. Uh, but you know, basically, I m- m- used to be in the business of truth telling, uh, which is commonly conferred, referred to as conspiracy theorizing. Of course, that is not what we were doing at all. We were telling the truth. We were exposing uh, the bad actors in the federal government that were trying to run your life with their, with their power, with their tyranny. Uh, well, um, you know, we had an online presence, an uh, online radio show, an AM radio show, and on uh, a podcast that would recast the show four hours a day, seven days a week. We had a big fan base. We had forums that our fans could talk about gun ownership and, you know, what to do if a police officer pulled you over, et cetera, et cetera. Your rights. They talked about their rights. And uh, uh, that went on for about 10 years, and it was always expanding, ever growing, until a space alien from the far reaches of the universe, wherever the heck it is he resides, decided... He didn't like that show. He didn't like what I was saying. He didn't like me. Uh, he didn't like my renegade operation. So he came to Earth. He posed as a human. He ran away my sponsors and he destroyed the hard work of my blood, sweat, and tears. Left me with nothing. He stole my voice and took it back to the dark corners of the universe or wherever the heck it is he resides. And uh, I was left voiceless for about two years. Luckily, we had enough of a little nest egg to uh, go along with my daughter's organic farming operation plans. And we started an organic farming operation uh, somewhere in Texas, I'd rather not be specific, but close enough to Houston to root for the Houston Astros in this World Series, which they most unfortunately lost. So that's why uh, we were covering, that's why we had the baseball files uh, the last couple days there. Uh, Just a little explanation for that. Of course, 
I watched uh, the WWE Network for about two years, rekindled my old flame uh, with professional wrestling, um, and then my voice came back. I watched every Bret the Hitman Hart match, um, and then my voice came back, and my wife and I talked about it. We decided it would be okay for me to return to uh, broadcasting. Um, uh, Born broadcaster, I got it in my bones, I got it in my blood, I'm a third generation broadcaster, first generation podcaster, and uh, we thought it would be okay so long as I didn't talk, uh, so long as I didn't do any truth telling, we thought we'd be, uh, we'd be good, uh, and no space aliens would interfere, uh, we did not foresee said space alien from my past becoming more obsessed with wwe than anyone else that listened to the show based just from our coverage you know i guess in their parallel alien society uh they've developed the technology to contact uh, uh a distant planet a distant species such as us where as far as we know from nasa and our government's announcements we haven't developed that that capability to contact uh, alien life forms uh such as him uh, they hadn't developed, uh, their parallel society, however, hadn't developed wrestling. Uh, so professional wrestling, that's unique to Earth, apparently, and he got real obsessed with that. He actually liked that, uh, as opposed to my truth-telling days. He liked the show, but he wanted, he wanted us to cover it so bad, he started interfering with the show. And, uh, that led to me kind of relenting eventually, letting him, basically telling him he could have his own segment covering WWE, because I didn't have time to watch it. Anyway, it required too many hours uh, of watching and of course this all ties in because while we're watching the world series you got uh ad after ad for for uh, smackdown which is now on fox uh, wwe you got the roman reigns and the becky lynch's and the seth rollins flipping around on my tv and i don't i barely even watch it anymore i mean i keep up i saw what happened at the hell in a cell i'm like well it's, guess it's okay i don't watch it anymore nobody seems to be enjoying it but you know they'll come back around they they do as they do, or maybe this is the end of, a, of an era. Who, who, excuse me, I do beg your forgiveness and your excuseness. I do love, however, uh, AEW Dynamite so far, NWA Power, or MLW Fusion, and I hear Impact's doing great too. Old Spitty Sammy Callahan is uh, is world champion Impact. It couldn't happen, couldn't have happened sooner. So. There's a lot of good wrestling out there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Dweebus was so obsessed with WWE. Dweebus is the space alien from my past. and Unfortunately, he was so obsessed with WWE, we relented. We decided to give him his own segment. And it was at that precise moment that the men in black, the black helicopters, and the black cars showed up at my doorstep. Special agent, special FDI agent, the Federal Department of Investigation agent Clinton showed up at my doorstep. Gave me a DEB, uh, Drug Enfor Enforcement Bureau, uh, grade throat lozenge to clear up my voice, which he called grating, annoying, and downright irritating, uh, which is why it comes so silky smooth to you now. Uh, again, if you want to familiarize yourself with the sort of details, you can go ahead and listen to the 40 or so episodes that constitute season one of this show, the 12 or 13 episodes that constitute season two of this show, and the 17 or 18 episodes that now constitute season three of this show. We're not going to be delving into all that however we got some chicago pd to cover here and, and what an episode well uh, what do i what do i rate this episode i, I don't know but uh, spoiler alert uh there's probably spoilers in here i mean i'm going to talk about this episode of chicago pd so don't be sending us any email well send us send us an email ring of tyranny at gmail.com that's r-i-n-g-o-f-t-y at g uh, uh r a n n y at gmail.com uh send us an email ring of tyranny at gmail.com uh, with your questions your criticisms your complaints uh um 
don't listen. Don't, don't, do, stop, turn back now if you don't want this episode, uh, episode six and season seven of Chicago PD Spoil. If you haven't watched it, get on Hulu and watch it or, you know, whatever. I don't know if they replay it. Uh, oh, oh, yes, uh, I do beg your forgiveness, though. As I was saying, uh, more, uh, uh, that was an early morning yawn, folks. Uh, as I was, as I was, I did, I guess I didn't explain the whole, well, well, basically, uh, the space alien destroyed my prior truth-telling operation, and uh, we're kind of a ragtag operation. I mean, uh, now that the FDI came and shut me down, I mean, Special Agent Clinton and I hit it off a little bit, so he seems to be okay with me uh, uh, podcasting this show, uh, especially if I cover Chicago. He's a big Chicago PD fan. Uh, he's, he is in law enforcement, after all. Uh so he's okay with us covering this show. I haven't heard from Bernie Prezito, our executive producer that used to work tirelessly to bring you this show. I need to get in touch with him. I'm coming for coming to you from an early morning truck ride into town. I'm going to be picking up supplies uh, for the organic farming operation somewhere in Texas. I'd rather not be specific. I'm going to be picking up supplies, uh, gas and water, things like that. Uh, so I'm riding into town and I'm broadcasting to you uh, uh, live from my early morning truck ride into town. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm yawning. I do beg your excuses and your forgiveness for them, oh, Excuse me, but I, I am a man. I do apologize. I'm a man with biological man functions, such as yawning early in the morning. When it's dark out, the sun's not up. The people ain't up. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, that covers that again. Uh, so we're not going to be we're not going to be delving too much into into that backstory though. Like like I said, go listen to the rest of the show. Um, you start from episode one if you want. Uh, but yeah, we haven't heard from Bernie Brazito not too much. Anyway, we, we're doing Chicago PD. Uh, you know, if if the if you're if you came here because of our famous or infamous, I should say, Chicago PD tweet, uh, which read, "Can't dot 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 stop." dot 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 watching dot 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 at NBC Chicago PD well well thank you for joining us uh that that is our most infamous tweet if, if you haven't been following uh there were almost 20,000 impressions people that saw that tweet the last time I checked which is just incredible far above far above and beyond any other tweet that that we've had over there at, at ring of tyranny on on the tweeter uh you can go ahead and add us there we're, we're fairly you know my daughter showed me how to use the how to use the Twitter, bless her. Uh, so, you know, we're, we'll, we'll retreat good clips, wrestling clips and uh, wrestling uh, tweets from wrestlers. You know, there's like Nia Jax tweets every once in a while. We'll retweet Nia Jax every once in a while. There's there's people in the in the wrestle Twitter community that are pretty funny. We'll retweet we'll retweet our favorite wrestlecast and the hashtag wrestlecast nation uh the, the wrestlecasts in our hashtag wrestlecast nation salute maybe you go over to twitter and try to figure out which one we're gonna we're gonna salute next the smart wrestling fan the comedians of wrestling the wrestle ramble podcast uh, we, we, there's lots of good ones a marked out wrestling podcast we we love i love the wrestlecast nation that's why i'm bringing this podcast to you but on certain days we cover chicago pd uh that chicago pd tweet had over a hundred likes. It still gets a like every once in a while, believe it or not. That's how much people love Chicago PD. So we decided to give the fans, uh, we're fans, and we decided to give the fans their own episode. Oh my God. 
Oh, excuse me, I do beg your excuseness. But so this episode of Chicago PD started off pretty, pretty dark, pretty dark. I gotta tell you, something no one ever wants to see. Uh, especially not in real life, especially not in real life, but in fiction, uh, even so in fiction, I, I never really want to see this. You got Detective Halstead is answering a call and he goes into this dilapidated house uh, and uh, it basically finds two young, two really young boys, probably like 11 or 12 years old, sitting on the couch. They've both been shot. They got video game controllers in their hands. That's just something you never want. De- dead children. Murder. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the show. Maybe the show is really trying to grab your attention. Um, really, that just made me feel sick. I mean, that if you're a cop, I hope. I hope. I mean, I really hope a police officer doesn't have to see that uh, ever. If not, you know, I hope that isn't something a police officer runs into too often. And in the show, all the police officers would were very upset. Hank Voigt. Sergeant Sergeant Voigt even looked like he he was about to. I mean, he looked like he was about to cry. I've never seen Hank Voigt seem more uh, affected than ever uh, at this crime. And obviously, the neighborhood was like, oh, you know, it's not. A, it wasn't a great neighborhood, or it was a little. You know, I mean, it's just a little disadvantaged, and and you could tell everyone, even even the. I mean, this is not a crime people are used to anywhere. Children being shot so everyone's upset people are screaming in the streets Hank Voigt's about to cry Halstead is is very effective uh, affected uh, Upton and Burgess and Rojas the women of the crew were very very I, they didn't even look like they were going to be able to uh, participate in the, in the case they looked very broken up Ruzek uh, back on the force Ruzek and Detective Kevin also everyone was very broken up about these two children, uh, even, uh, I, I mean, I'm just watching, I, you could tell it was fake, I think they even tried to make it look a little fake, so you're like, oh, they're just, it's just a, a show, but even so, maybe they're really trying to shock you, so you, you watch, I, I don't know if this is the route we need to go, but this is the route we're going, so, they have no suspects whatsoever, uh, and then a sergeant comes to Hank Voigt's uh, office, a higher up, I believe it's a sergeant. I don't. Hank Voigt's not a sergeant. He's just the leader of his squad. But this higher up was decorated. He's got the badges and stuff. Can't remember his name. He's an older gentleman. He comes up to Hank Voigt's office and he's telling Hank Voigt about this new technology, the facial re- recognition technology, the FBI and the police, the Chicago PD databases, all getting uh, unified and integrated and all this stuff. You know, if if. Basically, he invites Hank Voigt to come down and use it to solve this case of the murdered kids because he wants to solve the case of the murdered kids. Chicago's really upset about the murder. Everyone, nobody likes murdered children, so everyone's very upset. Um, and so he tells Hank Voigt, come on, come use this thing. Uh, come use this new toy we've built. And you know me, uh, my ex-truth-telling past, uh, I was all about constitutional rights and, and something like this would have really set us off probably back then. Uh, I mean, okay, the technology's good, but, you know, humans humans made it. It's not going to be perfect. 
And a lot of the time you get sold this stuff like this uh, higher up is selling it to Hank Voigt. Oh, it's flawless. It's a flawless system. We'll be able to prosecute every crime perfectly. You know, they said that about, I mean, even when three guys built a police station in town, probably they're like, oh, we're going to be able to catch the bad guys. Don't worry about it. No one. Then you find out, you know, there's cover ups and this and that. You pin it on the wrong guy just to get the paperwork done. Things like that. We've all watched enough uh, police procedural f- fictional programming to know how much how much uh, questionable stuff might go on there. I mean, nothing's perfect. I'm not singling out singling out law enforcement. Nothing's perfect. So to pr- present something as some perfect cure. You ought to be a little, little leery of that, and I do, I do appreciate uh, the the Chicago, the Dick Wolf Chicago verse. You know, in the Chicago verse, these things are existing, and it mimics the real world, it mirrors the real world, and I do, I do appreciate that they're kind of they're trying to tackle the subject. But even on this show, it seemed like they couldn't go in because you know that I mean, this is big money, big money being put into these systems, and uh, once they connect everything, what if they just put someone else's face somewhere, somebody they don't like? Uh, this guy yelled at my kid on at his birthday party. I'm going to put his face on on an offender. Because anyone who knows how to use that facial recognition program might know how to how to use Adobe Photoshop or whatever equivalent high grade imaging editor. Pin something on the wrong guy. Anyway, I'm just saying there's all kinds of possibilities. We've seen Minority Report. We've read other Philip K. Dick stories. You know, seen Gattaca. They had the genes in Gattaca. They were messing with the genes. You mess with your genes and your blood and your DNA. And once you start messing with this stuff, you can't turn around. You know, it's like people in the in the baseball getting upset about the umpires are calling for a digital strike zone. Well. What's the point of that? Sometimes you got to account for human error. So it's good to have those umpires out there making the wrong calls. You're like, there's the human error. It's right there. It's contained. It's not buried in some deep page after page, deep miles of code of some language nobody can understand. Bleep, blop, bloop. Oh, one, oh, two, two, oh, one, one, one. Who can read? Nobody can read all that. Colon, space, space. R-T-V-B-O-O-O, capital L, capital L, Y, 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 G, capital F, F, capital space, uh, underscore, underscore, uh, uh, parentheses, parentheses, O-O-One, bleep, blop, bloop. Nobody understands that language. It's, anyway, yeah, I'm getting sidetracked here. Anyway, they're, they're looking at the, uh, they're, they're looking at, it's kind of like the Dark Knight, you know? In the Dark Knight, they had to catch the Heath Ledger Joker, and they had this, Alfred's like, look at this thing. I got it built for like a million dollars and it can see everything in Gotham. You'll be able to find this guy. And Batman's like, it's too much power. And he blows it up at the end. But he, not before using it, of course. Because every human, that's the other hum- problem with humans. We got to use it at least once to justify all that hard work of our blood, sweat, and tears. I know how that goes. But anyway, uh, so they, they, they find this guy leaving the crime scene with a bag. They're like, that bag looks like it's full of guns. They go and find this guy. His name's Marcus West. And uh, he and Jay Halstead have a little talk at the the beginning of the episode. You know, basically this guy tells Officer Halstead that he didn't do it. He tells Officer Halstead, I'm a junkie. Officer Halstead's like, why'd you run from the police? And he's like, you man, you know how this goes down. 
when you guys are going to book someone, you book someone. You close the book. Nobody survives you. You figure out how to put this case on us. So we're all tying back to what I'm saying. I mean, they, they did. They used the facial recognition. They got, okay, this is our guy. And uh, Halstead thinks it's the guy. And this guy tells him, I didn't do anything. And, I mean, he's a good, pretty decent performance. I mean, decent performance. I believed he was like a criminal that didn't do it. And, uh, you know, he tells Halstead, I'm addicted to heroin. I'm just sick. And that was a heroin house. And I was going to get my heroin. I, that's why you saw me there. I didn't do, I didn't kill anybody. I've never killed anybody in my life. I've stolen things and never killed anybody in my life. And I ran from the cops because, you know, basically he said he was protecting his life. Because he knows his life is over once the Chicago PD gets a hold of him. Because they do all kinds of tricks and turns. If, if Even when they don't get the right guy, they put him in prison and they say, and they do all kinds of tricks to keep him there. And prosecute him. Go, oh, this case is solved. And pat themselves on the back. That's his point of view. And I mean, he just knows people that's happened to. I mean, in the past, you know that's happened. Before you know, they tracked everything before they had internal affairs monitoring the, the watchman, you know, before they had people, before they had people watching the watchman. So Halstead goes, all right, you're not going to talk to me. You're going to County. And they're like, well, you can't book him in County. They're like, I want to hold him here. Cause he's guilty. And they don't really have any evidence. They just have this picture from this quote unquote, uh, super duper, uh, uh, never, never wrong new technology since every new technology is so wonderful, right, folks? I mean, yes, new technology allows me to podcast to you, to broadcast, to podcast for my early morning truck rides into town, but it's still man-made. It's still flawed. You can't put all our eggs in that, in that flawed basket. It's got holes in the bottom. You're going to lose your eggs. So this guy, he, Halstead puts this guy in jail, Marcus West, and of course, he becomes, he's, I mean, he's the face, like, don't, you can't put me in county. They're all going to kill me. They think I'm murdering kids. You saw them. And we all saw how mad everyone was at the beginning of the episode when they found the murdered kids. This guy's right. He's like, yeah, they're going to kill me. And what happens? They beat the crap, they beat the tar out of this guy, put him in the hospital. First night he's in county. He's almost dead. And Halstead sees him and he feels horrible. He's like, oh, you... He, the nurse is like, who cares? You killed those kids. Deserved. Got what he deserved. And Halstead's like, look, you give him everything you can. This is actually a pretty good episode. Now I'm recapping it. I'm like, hey, this is actually, I see where they're, what they were doing here. You know, it's just unfortunate. They lost some of their some of their hard hitters. They lost Dawson. They lost uh, Elias Codius. They lost uh, Aaron. You know, but th- I, actually this episode was pretty good. I, you should go watch this one. So I won't. I'll try not to spoil the whole thing. I mean, basically, you know, if you watched it, you know what I'm talking about. They go, they figure out, uh, you know, that they got a different guy. They got the wrong guy. They figure it out. They find the right guy. And uh, they basically go to the scene. Hank Voigt doesn't tell anyone what's going on. And, uh, you know, they wait for a clear... And uh, Hank Voigt goes and takes a bag of guns that they saw in the photo. Basically, the sergeant, they showed him the computer, the supercomputers, like, hey, uh, you guys pinned it on the wrong guy and he got killed in prison. 
And uh, the city's going to be really mad. And Hank Voigt's like, well, the city's going to be even more mad that we use some untested, unapproved supercomputer in its beta stage and found that guy because you wanted to use your fancy technology. You spent money. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to get... I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't need to get upset. It's just a fiction TV show, but it, it is very effective. Uh, so, uh, but Hank Voigt says they're going to be more mad about that. They were playing with that. That were minority report. Minority report is real. He didn't say that, but he might as well have said the Chicago's going to be more mad that minority reports real and we didn't tell him. He's probably right. I'd be mad. Uh, but anyway, uh, that sergeant's like, you need to fix this, or we're all going down. And Hank Voigt plants the guns on the guy that got murdered. And then they take their suspect, the guy that actually killed them kids. They take him out to the neighborhood where they've been talking to people from the neighborhood who are really mad about it. Some of the gangs, and some of the gangs they're talking to, even the gangs don't approve of child murder. So they drop this guy off and the gangs just kill him. Hank Voigt just lets the gang, feeds him to the, feeds him to the wolves and the gangs kill him. So we definitely have a theme here of Hank, Hank Voigt's testing the limits of justice. Hank Voigt's making us question what justice really is. And he's doing his own brand of justice. I mean, he had this. He had Bunk from The Wire, the mayoral candidate, taking the rap for his wife. You had Hank Voigt last week letting the letting the dad take the rap for his son. And now you got him. He got a guy killed. An innocent man. He got an innocent man killed. And he, uh, you know, in his brand of justice, he fed the guilty party to the wolves. Is that justice? I don't know. Those seem to be the questions we're asking. And he invited Halstead in for a drink, and I think Halstead took the drink, but we don't know. These two have, I mean, since episode one, these two have been a little going in different directions. So it's getting interesting. We'll see what happens. I'm I'm pulling into town here, folks. So that's going to be the end of this episode. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Chicago PD Files, and hope you enjoy your Friday, your weekends. We'll be back with you on Monday. Uh, probably with an NWA power review or catching up on that. Maybe with an MLW review. We'll see. And, uh, well, as I like to say in tribute, in homage, which is Italian for tribute, to uh, SCTV, one of my favorite shows, the Farm Film Review. May the good Lord take a liking to you. And Chicago PD, you're real soon. Good morning. Good morning.